What's up, everybody? It's Matt Johnson. We are back again with the latest episode of Real Estate Uncensored. This is the place where you get actionable ideas, insight, and inspiration to turn your real estate career into a life of freedom. And we've got a killer guest for you today. Chris Bentley is here. He is a twice named Dallas, top realtor in Dallas. And uh, he's got a great social media presence down there. And we're going to be talking about how he's built that and the radical shift in his business just over the last couple of years from buying a lot of leads, getting overextended and shutting all that stuff down and shifting more into branding and social media. So we'll go into that in depth. Uh, unfortunately, my co-host is not here. Greg is uh, sadly recovering at home. He's got a massively sore throat. Otherwise, he'd be on the podcast with us. So it's just me and Chris. So first of all, Chris, officially welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I know we're super pumped to have you. And uh, so tell me just a little bit about where the business is right now. I mentioned some of the accolades that you've got, but what does the business look like? What's the production level? Do you have, you know, an assistant transaction coordinator? Just kind of give us an idea of kind of just what the structure of it is now. Uh, I just hired a good friend of mine's brother. Uh, we actually knew each other anyway, but uh, he's, he's a real estate agent now. So I got kind of building a team. He's handling a lot of my smaller transactions, uh, a lot of my rentals. So mm -hmm. that's good. Uh, a lot of my stuff is just, you know, following through. Uh, right now, a lot of people just are kind of getting warmed up for real estate. So a lot of it's just really warm market stuff. You know, I call it like the on deck circle. So okay. on deck to, for the summer. So that's kind of where I'm gotcha. at right now. Yeah, we're recording this as of what is February 3rd or something like that, February 4th of 2019. Yeah. So you've got a lot of people that are still what kind of coming out of the holiday hangover, so to speak. Yeah, their leases aren't up yet or like they're mm -hmm. considering selling, but you know, their kids are still in school and they can't really do much. Gotcha. And so uh, tell me a little bit about your ideal client. Who do you tend to work with? What's your bread and butter? Uh. I love working with first time home buyers just because, you know, you always remember your first time. Um, and, uh, it's just, you know, it's a fun experience getting somebody into a home. And then, you know, usually I work with any price point. Um, I, I enjoy more like the higher end, but I work with mm -hmm. all price points. So, and, and what's, what's the higher end in Dallas? Are we talking about, is it 400 K 500 K? Uh, the middle grounds like the 450, um, okay. you know, the higher grounds like the 7,500. Okay. I'm Very sorry, cool. the 750. 750, yeah. Yep. And uh, so, so tell me what, so what was the, uh, what was the volume last year? Uh, it was high. Um, I think I did what? I did 1.5 the last quarter. I'm just looking at my numbers now. So 1.5 1. So, 1. mil just the last quarter of 2018? Yeah, so it was pretty good. Good okay. year. Um, you know, it's, it's, I'm always scaling up as you can probably tell I had to hire people. So, um, mm -hmm. it's just only going to get higher. Yeah. All right. So one of the things that we wanted to bring you on to talk about was you've had kind of an interesting roller coaster ride and a little bit of a cautionary tale for, I think something that's going on in the industry a lot right now. And you probably went down that path because you see a lot of other people doing it, which is spending a lot of money, buying a lot of leads right? So I want to talk, talk me through the process of where your business was at, what, circa 18 months ago or something like that? Like, what were you buying? What were you invested in? And, and when you say like you were overextended, tell me a little bit about what that was like on the ground. Yeah, so I am, uh, I suffer from big eyes, you know, I get really <laughs> big eyes about doing a lot of different stuff. So, and I'm an entrepreneur, so that happened. So I just, I was like, you know what, I found a online lead service and you know, I don't really want to call them out, but I found them and uh, I bought up 
all the zip codes in Dallas, just about all of them in Collin County, and which is north of Dallas. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? This is the year. Like, I'm going to really dominate. And I was spending thousands of dollars every single month, and my phone essentially was ringing. And the people that did ring were probably six months or a year out from actually buying. So mm-hmm. um, it got to the point where, you know, I had to shut it all down. But before that, you know, you're locked into a contract. So at the time, you know, at least a car and, you know, before you knew it, I was literally like 30 days away from moving into my brand new leased car, which mm-hmm. was terrible. So, um, you know, I think the cautionary tale is that, a, you have to build up a brand and then B, it, it takes time. It's patience. And, and I think that a lot of people really don't really understand that you hear me say patience, but you don't understand it. Um, it yeah. takes time. Yeah. Um, so walk me through a little bit. I want to know a little bit about your, your thinking process when you were scaling up and, and kind of the, buying the leads in those zip codes. Were you expecting uh, those to turn you know, in three months, you know, two to three months, were you expecting to get enough of those to get like the short-term hits or were you expecting the long-term and it just didn't turn quickly enough? Um, the first year I did it, which was the previous year, um, was successful. I built, you know, I had a lot of clients, people were turning over, I was paying for the leads and I was getting ROI back. So that was great. What happened was that the lead company failed. Um, they got essentially like delisted from Google and anybody that goes on like, you know, looking for houses for sale in Dallas, their name wouldn't pop up on the first page. So mm-hmm. if nobody's looking at it, you know, and I'm spending money on it, then it's just, you know, it's a waste. Okay. Um, so that's essentially what happened to the whole situation. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I was locked in, so I couldn't be like, oh, this sucks. And let me go try something different. Like you're, mm-hmm. you're locked in. Yeah. Um, so that's essentially what happened. Interesting. Okay. So, yeah, so it wasn't that, uh, I think a a lot of people fall into that, uh, a similar trap, but it's, but it's different. I want to explain why. Um, when you buy leads online through Google pay-per-click and other, other means, a lot of agents go into it with the expectation that it is going to turn over relatively quickly, or at the very least, they'll be able to cherry pick the top leads off the cream of the crop and just only work with those if they pay for enough leads. And, And in the past that was true. I don't know that it's so much true now uh, because now people are registering on five or 10 different sites and they're starting their home search online where we can see them way earlier than we used to see them. Like we're seeing them 12 to 18 months out now where it used to be, they'd be a a couple months out. So like the dynamic has massively shifted, but I think a lot of people make that same mistake. You, You tested it out and it was working for a while and then it didn't work due to things that were outside of your control. I feel like there's a lot of agents out there who go into it don't test it out first and make a very similar, they end up with a very similar result, but not because that was the company's fault, it's because it was their own fault for having the wrong expectations going into it. And so I think that this is something that can easily happen to a lot of other agents out there. And I think it probably has, we just don't talk about it publicly very much, uh, which I love that you're willing to just come on and just share like, Hey, I screwed up and here's how I fixed it. So I want to get to that in a second. But uh, tell me a little bit about like the low point and, and how did you come to the decision of like getting out of or cutting that off and how did you decide what to do, uh, what to do about that problem? Uh, the low point, I mean, there was a ton of them, but you know, <laughs> friends would call me and they want to go out or like, you know, uh, 
you know, I'm a single dude. So, you know, girls want to go out and have a good time. And I'm like, Oh, well, like you can come over and like, we can play some Xbox, you know, like it was just, <laughs> It was so bad. Um, Would you like to go it, for a hike? Yeah. I can. yeah You'll you have know, to buy like, your own water. <laughs> uh, I was like, what kind of free alternatives do I have here? Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, it's just – and then uh, at one point, I was just eating eggs and bacon uh, every single, like, morning, noon, and night. Okay. And, you know, you know, it was just – because it's the cheapest thing. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, that sounds like a good primal diet. But, yes, yeah. it's also relatively cheap. <laughs> yeah, so, like, as I got, like, coronary disease, I realized it, just wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't the right deal, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I just – from there, I was like, look, you know, like, it failed. Like, it's, you know, it's my L. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm about to get kicked out of my apartment. Like, I essentially – all my money is into this thing. There's no way out. Like, I have mm-hmm. to get some sort of relief. And that's just, you know, stop the hemorrhaging. And mm-hmm. I had to go get a job. Like, it was it was terrible. You know, you have to swallow yeah. your pride and, like, go take whatever is available. So, yeah. And it sucked for me because people were like, you know, like, what are you doing? Like, you know, I had to find some place that, like, nobody knew who I was. <laughs> you know, because you do so yeah. many marketing as a realtor, you're, you know, your name pops up. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's difficult. Yeah. So that was a low point. So you get a job, you get, you basically stop the hemorrhaging, stop the bleeding, cut off the payments, uh, you know, to the, to the lead source and all that stuff. So you get that straightened out. So you're looking around, you're going, okay, well, I'm, I'm working a job. I've got a little bit of a social media presence out there. At least when I come up, you know, when people search for an agent, I, I do come up. How did you decide that you're going to like really put the, the, you know, I guess the gas pedal down, so to speak, on online branding, because there's a million different options. There's a million different ways you could have decided to go. And uh, what was it about that? Uh, I just found out it kind of worked. I mean, I, you know, I, I got a lot of social media training by a guy named Ryan Stuman, our core closer, just dropped that. And then, uh, you know, Gary V is real popular. So I watch all of this stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's really how I turned it around was people were still referring me business. So even though I took this huge L and I lost and I'm like broke, people were still referring me business because the talent was still there. It was, okay. you know, I'm still like a good agent. Mm-hmm. So people were like, Oh, I know that guy. He's good. And refer me business. And then I just kind of built it back up where I stayed away from that. And then just kept the referral business going in terms of like being out in public uh, not so much partying, but like, you know, doing events, being at events, like shaking people's hands, talking to people, uh, trying to help people. Cause you know, if you help somebody like either with their business or get a job or just do something small, uh, you know, they'll keep you in mind. Okay. All right. So let's talk about how you, uh, how you really decided to lean, lean into it. So when you say, okay, well, this is working already. Now I'm going to do more of it. Uh, you ended up with a YouTube channel that's got something like 80 videos on it. And so, and you've also got a, a decent following on Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that. So where did you kind of decide where to focus your energies and, and what's been most effective for you? Um, I would just, you know, it was the lowest part. So I was like, well, what could I do that's free? You know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I could post, you know, and I could, you know, just talk about the struggle and be real as real as I could possibly be and just like go out and do it, you know, and, and there's nobody stopping you, you know, so you can go out and create content. Uh, stuff that's worked for me is just a lot of posting, um, not worrying about what other people say, not worrying about likes or you know, people unfollow you because they will mm-hmm. just going out and doing it. Um, I'm more committed to podcasting before I was really committed to video. Um, you know, you just kind of evolve 
So I just kind of see kind of where the market's going. So if there's an abundance of one thing, then I'll kind of go do something different. And then mm -hmm. people will catch up to that and then I'll kind of switch back. Mm -hmm. um, you know, at one point I was like writing blogs on a website that is no longer up. You know, just anything I could do to uh, just draw some attention. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's an interesting perspective. I don't hear a lot of people say that. Like if I see something that's getting a lot of attention, I'll go do the the other thing, the opposite thing, right? And uh, most people, because of confirmation bias and stuff like that, they won't do the opposite thing. That takes them a while. They'll, they want to see what the bandwagon is, and then they'll jump on the bandwagon. And the problem is their voice gets lost among the other thousands of people who are also on that same bandwagon. So Gary Vee says to go post on Snapchat, and we all go... We all go post on Snapchat. Nobody sees or cares what we're posting on Snapchat, right? When all the attention, right? If you do something different, like there, there may be some attention there on Snapchat and that's fine, but there's still a ton of attention on Facebook and there's still a ton of attention on podcasting and, and in some of these other ways. So I love that you go, okay, let's, let's see what, where everybody is running to and then let's do something different, right? Because that's, that's where you have a better chance of being found. So I think that's a really key point that people can take away. So tell me a little bit about when you say just like posting uh, and, and just getting attention and stuff like that. Um, how do you follow up on that, right? So how do you follow up on the posting on Facebook and Instagram? Does that translate into people reaching out to you directly? Or are you initiating conversations on social media that end up turning into something? Uh, I've done both. You know, I would do like, I would post something that I think is really good, like a, a good value in terms of a home. And then somebody's like looking at it like, oh, wow, like that is like, you know, might, I'm not, might not be able to afford that home or I might not be interested in that particular property, but I know somebody that is, or uh, I actually have this house and I've been trying to sell and nobody else can sell it. You know, just a lot of that stuff. I've also done, you know, I've IM'd a lot of people and being like, hey, you know, I'll buy you, uh, you know, you and your, you know, significant other or guest or whatever dinner at whatever restaurant you like. If you know somebody that's looking at this sort of home, you mm -hmm. just small stuff. And that's actually turned out well. Has um, it really? a lot yeah. I mean, it's, you're just asking for business, but you're doing it in a non-confrontational way, which is not what people would do on LinkedIn. Um, yeah. But yeah, you're like, it's like, Hey, if you do have something like, let me know and I'll buy you something. You know, it's like, it's a, you know, scratch my back, I scratch yours kind of deal yeah. versus just like, hey, like, do you know anybody who wants to buy a house? Like, of course I do, but I'm not going to give them to you, you know? Yeah. It's, it's kind of like that. And, and when, you're, when you're branding yourself online, what, what do you feel like you're known for? To the circle of people where you are kind of micro famous in Dallas, what do they think of you as? Do they think of you as the first time home buyer guy? Do they think of you as something else, like some other other specialty? Do you think about it in terms of the types of homes you sell? What do you feel like you've built your brand around? Luxury. Absolutely really? luxury. Nice. Yeah, I show a lot of like million dollar homes. Uh, you know, that's what I like. You know, I, I watched a lot of million dollar listing LA and Josh Flagg and those guys. So like, I, that's what I like to do. Um, mm -hmm. You know, five years, I may change. And maybe it's like, oh, I don't want to do that anymore. Right. Um, but that's, that's what I like doing. It's just fun. It's a fun challenge to see if I can move something that big. Okay. And, uh, and so you're posting, you're posting videos, posting pictures of the types of properties that you are both actively listing. Are you getting out there and touring properties that are listed by other people and taking pictures and sharing stuff like that? So it's not just your own stuff. Uh, I do a lot of my broker stuff. So if he yeah. has some really nice properties, I'll show that. It's, yeah, that uh, makes sense. You try not to do your own, uh, you try not to do other people's stuff just because it's a conflict. Okay. But, but within your own brokerage, there are you know, listings by other agents who'll go out and tour their properties and stuff like that. Absolutely. Cool.
Makes sense. Awesome, man. Well, what's, what's the next step? Let's talk about kind of how are you, uh, like, where are you directing your time and your resources and your attention to kind of put like to, you know, keep, keep putting the pedal to the metal and, and take the next step. Uh, still social media. I find that LinkedIn's really popular right now because nobody's really on it as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people are doing YouTube pre, uh, pre-rolls, which is mm-hmm. cool. Um, I just think that there's uh, some other value, uh, some other ways. Like right now, I'm building a lot of websites and a lot of like R- uh, SEO on the back end and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been seeing a lot of like traffic that way because a lot of people aren't doing it. So, so what do you mean um, by building doing, building websites or building? Are you talking about building backlinks by being a guest on podcasts and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean all kinds of stuff. So like okay. I have my website, which you know I run SEO to, and then of course like I'll be you know on this show, which is fantastic, mm-hmm. and then I'll run some backlinks to that. So like if somebody you know Google's my name, they'll see that there's like a ton of content, and they'll be like, oh wow, this guy is really doing something. And that's what that's what I've always made my money on was just not having like a couple lines on Google, but having a ton of content so they can be like, wow, there's like four or five different pages of Chris Bentley. I feel like I really know the guy mm-hmm. versus, you know, one or two things. So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, if, if a real estate agent was to ask me the value of being interviewed on a podcast that is for the industry, right? This podcast isn't going out to buyers and sellers in Dallas, right? So that, so I think a lot of people would go, well, what's, what's the value to Chris? Chris isn't coaching agents. He's not selling anything to this audience of people. So what's the value to him? To me, that's one of the big ones, right? Not only is it setting you up for some of those other things later, but at the very least, just right now, it's a super high credible link to your website and credibility. And it gives you something to post about on social media. Like, Hey, so excited. I was interviewed on real estate uncensored today. I'm really pumped. It'll come out in a few weeks. I'm excited for you to hear it. We talked about this, this, and this, even if nobody actually pays attention to the actual episode when it comes out in your audience of buyers and sellers, cause they don't necessarily care. What they do care about is they want their guy to be somebody right? Everybody wants to work with someone who is somebody who is micro famous, even if it's not in their circle, but they want to know they're working with somebody that's kind of micro famous in some circle. Um, and so to any agent who's like thinking like, what's the value of doing this? To me, that's one of the best ones is they, it just, it boosts your credibility. And, and Chris, I'm sure you've seen this, like when you're dealing with luxury, uh, homeowners, uh, to me, that's that there's not a lot of things that are different, but I do feel like that is one thing that's a little bit more different than the average homeowner is that luxury homeowner wants to know that they're dealing with another high level person, whatever that means to them. They just want to know that you're in, in their caliber of person. Is that, does that, I don't know if you've found that to be true, but I think that's from what I've seen, it's true. Yeah, you're exactly right. And it's also who's your audience. Um, that's the biggest thing. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, as you sell luxury homes, it's like, who do you know that can afford this property? And right. On on podcasts, I've gotten people from like Wyoming reach out that are like, "Hey, look, I'm looking to relocate to Dallas. Like, hmm. you know, could you help me out? Um, you know, or I build up my friends. And same thing with you, vice versa. You know, like mm-hmm. this podcast will get picked up, and somebody would be like, "Oh, wow, like that was a really good show. Maybe I'll get on it, or like mm-hmm. I'll like this show." So, I mean, it just all comes back around. Like, you, you can't be like very first time. I always get referrals off the second person. Like I know you now we're good friends. And then all of a sudden you know, somebody that you know wants to do business with me, which is yeah, how it works. Yeah. Ca- like very casual connections. I a hundred percent agree with that. There was a big study built on that. That a lot of referrals come from those types of connections. It's not always your deepest relationships necessarily. It's the people that are kind of your like friends of friends and they hear about you from someone that they do trust that you do have a deep relationship with. And then they go, 
you know, Chris, I feel like I remember that being that guy in Dallas. Look, Chris, that's his name. Let me get you in touch with Chris. And then all of a sudden you've got a referral from somebody you really didn't think about. And it's not somebody you have a deep relationship with, but it's like one step removed from a deep relationship that you do have. Um, and so that's another way to look at it. And, and like I said, with referrals, especially, that's another reason to kind of be a guest on industry podcasts like this is just building relationships and building a name with other agents just makes it more and more likely that you'll get referrals if you live in a city that's worth moving to, which obviously Dallas is. So I want to finish out with a couple of things. I've got a couple of things to mention, but let's take a step back for a second. And, and Chris, what's the best way for people to connect with you? Uh, you can go to my website. It's Chris D as in danger, Bentley.com, uh, all over social media, Chris D Bentley. Um, and then Chris D Bentley on Instagram, anywhere I'll reach out LinkedIn. Uh, I'm not really too much on Snapchat, but if you Google my name, believe me, you'll find me. Yeah, exactly. And same for the show, Real Estate Uncensored. You can Google us and find us anywhere on any platform and leave us a rating and review and all that good stuff. Make sure to give Chris a shout out in the review. So just to thank him for his time and his contribution. And then just remember the show is brought to you and supported by WiseHire. So if you're in Chris's position where you're starting to hire people to help you, whether it's the admin side or you're bringing in another agent to help you with the sales side, maybe you want to give them some leads and have them take some of the burden off of you. That's essentially what WiseHire makes very easy to do. So they'll help you with, uh, they've got ad templates so you can post it in your area. They'll screen everybody out and they match everybody up to the disc profile to make sure that it weeds out all the people who are not worth talking to for that specific role that you're hiring. And then basically weeds out all those and only serves up the very, very cream of the crop. And then you follow up and have a conversation with them. So it streamlines that whole process. So that's wise hire. And then, um, yeah, that's, so, so that's about it for the show and for the, the calls to action that we want to give. So Chris, uh, let's finish this episode with, with this. Um, so if you look at the different places, you mentioned that you're not super active on, on Snapchat and you're starting to look at LinkedIn a little bit more often. Uh, what do you think of doing on LinkedIn that you feel like would produce more business for you if you put a little bit of extra time there? Uh, more content. I used to do a lot of video and that was okay, but uh, it's very, it's very picture, uh, picture oriented LinkedIn is. So mm -hmm. if you get a picture kind of rolling and it goes kind of viral, um, a lot of my, I say not a lot, but a lot of the better properties get probably about 4,000 to 6,000 views. So if you can get that pretty on a consistent basis, mm -hmm. um, people will reach out to you just because they'll, they'll see your stuff. Yeah. And, I really haven't heard of uh, of luxury agents looking to LinkedIn, and I've never heard anybody quote those time, those types of numbers, which is really really good. Uh, so if it's the right property, it's a good looking property, it's a luxury property in your area, get that thing up on LinkedIn, share it, you know, message some people that you think might be interested in in helping you share it, uh, and see if you can get some traction that way. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people are on LinkedIn more than Facebook that are. Uh, more executives and CEOs, CCOs, because it's more yeah. professional. Yep. Um, and then it's, uh, they're able to have it up during the weekday, like at their office versus like Facebook is kind of frowned upon upon, mm -hmm. you know, at the office. So yeah, it's kind of cool. Makes sense. Yeah, I'm a huge believer in, in LinkedIn. And I think there's a huge opportunity there for a lot of agents that we're missing out on. So yeah, it's, you will not find a bigger proponent of LinkedIn than I, have, than I am. So if you want a more detail on that, uh, if anybody's listening, uh, go back and listen to, we've done a couple of episodes with a gal named Tracy Enos, E-N-O-S. 
uh, those are really, really good. So you talk about the content approach. That's what Tracy specializes in, uh, is helping people really amp up their content strategy on LinkedIn. So if that's what you feel like is work for you, Chris, and people want to emulate what you're what you're doing and what you're doing more of, uh, those those episodes would be great to go back and review. So with that being said, Chris, I appreciate it. Thanks for doing this uh, this episode of the show with us. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it.